0: You live your life in vanity
1: We're here today with Renee Brown, Director of Counseling Services for Catholic Charities of Central Texas, and Deacon Ronnie Lastavica, our Pastoral Care Coordinator for the Diocese of Austin and Restorative Justice Ministry, which is our outreach to those who are incarcerated, those who look after them, and the victims of uh, their crimes. I'm Father Harry Dean, a priest of the Diocese of Austin. I also serve in Restorative Justice Ministry, and today we're on a second... uh, session for four sessions on the topic of manipulation.
0: Renee, could you share with us some of the techniques that are utilized by manipulators? Um, sure. So um, one of the most prominent uh, techniques that manipulators will use is the guilt trip. Um, they're going to essentially hold you hostage for everything, for their success, for failures, for happiness, uh, getting needs met. The guilt trip is the most prominent. Um, sometimes they may try to shame you into getting what they want from you. They'll shame you. I can't believe you did that. You hit this person. You had sex with this person. They're going to try to shame you in into giving what they want. Um, maybe there's manipulation in... If they're telling you a story or telling you about themselves, they're going to withhold facts. Um, Maybe they're going to withhold details or make exaggerations and excuses. You typically don't get the whole story of something. You just get the bits and pieces that are advantageous for them to tell. Right. So there's going to be maybe some exaggerations, some lies and some excuses in there. Um, Often, too, manipulators will actually um, establish physical space. So what this means is um, if, if you were in the outside world, like we might have a meeting, they would want it at their house or their office. I'm not sure, like with incarcerated, if they can move from cell to cell, but a manipulator would want you to be in their cell, right? Because that's their home ground. That's where they're familiar, where they're comfortable. And what happens is you're not comfortable. It's like, um, you know, when I was in the classroom as a teacher, right? If I needed to have a conversation with a student, they would either be up at my desk and I had an area for my desk or we were in the hallway. Well, those places are familiar to me. They're comfortable to me. But it made that student uncomfortable to be right at my desk because they knew that wasn't a good thing or for in the hallway right so a manipulator wants it to be a comfortable space for them because they want the person that they're manipulating to be somewhat on edge they want there to be this uncomfortableness
1: they want home field advantage
0: exactly and
1: i know in seminary when they were teaching us about fraternal correction one of the the principles was if you're going to bring something to your brother or sister don't have them come to where you are, go to where they, they are, are so that they're in their comfort mm. zone. So the manipulator does just the
0: opposite. opposite okay. Yeah. Cause they want to be in their comfort zone and they want you to be somewhat on, on edge. Um, often this is the person that's going to be engaged in victimhood, right? So they play the martyr. They may pretend that they're powerless. And we mentioned a little bit in our first segment that sometimes That person that seems uh, powerless isn't really powerless. It's a tactic. It's a control tactic. It's a manipulation. Um, And they may use a variety of issues of like the pain that they've experienced. You know, they may have said to you, and some things are true and some things are not true. It could be, well, you know, I think I have cancer even knowing they've never been to a doctor or anything, right? But it's a manipulation so that you will feel bad for them. You know, they're powerless. Or maybe it could be even that, well, I overcame, you know, cancer before. They are, they're using that instead of like, oh, yeah, this is something I overcame. It's a tactic for you to have sympathy for them so that, you know, they can get what they want from you. Um, often, too, they may uh, play dumb, You know, like they're confused. Um, They're going to pretend like they don't really understand so that they don't have to take responsibility and somebody else is going to take the responsibility and maybe do the hard work. I don't really understand how we're supposed to clear off the table and put everything away. I don't really know the system for that. And then you end up doing it for them, right? So that's a manipulation. Um, Sometimes the use of aggressive jokes our negative humor um, can it makes somebody feel insecure, so then they can be manipulated by this person. And we see that a lot with people who are um, maybe they have a cognitive, you know, disability. Um, that somebody that's you know atypical um, ability will take advantage of the person who uh, maybe has a cognitive or a learning disability, they'll take advantage of them. I know uh, when my daughter was incarcerated, one of the ladies that she was incarcerated with um, was, had a very severe mental illness. Um, and she, tyranny would watch this lady be take, taken advantage of by other people and be manipulated, you know, be manipulated and Tierney felt really bad for this this lady that she was incarcerated with because people were taking advantage of her. Um, so those are just a few of the things, just some of the techniques that, that people will, will use to take advantage. So a skilled manipulator uh, wouldn't employ these mix-and-match style? Oh, absolutely. They may not just use one. They may use all of these or several um, because they're— they're good at their art, right? This has become, for some people, an art form. You know, um, for example, they might look at somebody and say, you know, um, I know you were in domestic violence as well, you know, and I've been in that situation too. And maybe they, ne- they never have, but they're going to use that to manipulate and reel you in, you know. And then there's this sympathy and this, this pretend empathy that comes into play to reel you in. And then it may become like guilt tripping, you know, well, I've been in this situation too. You know, we should be able to help each other out. You know, we should be able to be friends, which can be another tactic that they will use as well. Manipulators often come on strong and too soon. They're that person that wants to be your friend really quick without really knowing you. So sometimes they come in kind of quick and give a, Also, remember that they're going to just give you a little bit of information about them, but they're digging to get a whole lot of information about you, because the more information they have about you, the better they can manipulate you. Yeah, I remember that time you were sharing that story about your mother and how, you know, she never accepted you and you never loved she never didn't love you. And, you know, I know you had to feel really that had to hurt you so deeply, but I want you to know that I care about you and I accept you, right? So they're not going to give you much about them, but they're going to want to get everything about you. The more details they have about you, the more they know about your feelings, the losses, the successes, that information is then used to manipulate you.
1: What, um, what is gaslighting?
0: So gaslighting is a little uh, it's a little deeper, I guess you could say, but it's a technique that actually undermines a person's perception of reality. And so um, when someone's gas gaslighting you, you're going to start second guessing yourself, your memories, your perceptions. So Kind of like when I was saying a minute ago, if you brought up the story, let's say it was about your mom and she didn't love you. She didn't accept you. You know, this person that's gaslighting you is going to manipulate that story. Or they may say, well, you never said that. You know, they're they're really changing the the, the story that you've told. They'll kind of change up the details. This actually happens a lot in domestic violence relationships as well, where one person will say, well, I didn't hit you. I bumped into you. I didn't call you a bitch. I said, you're acting like a bitch, right? So they kind of manipulate things. They're, they're changing perceptions and reality and things that are said. Um, after communicating with the person that's doing the gaslighting, you're often left dazed and wondering what's wrong with you, you know, because um, these tactics are meant to confuse you. They're meant for you to question yourself and your reality. Um, And so we'll kind of look at a little deeper. But uh, people who engage in gaslighting are habitual and pathological liars, right? They will blatantly lie to your face. Um, They're never going to back down. They won't change their stories for anything. Um, And they are going to... Lying is like the cornerstone of destructive, their destructive behavior, lying. Everything's a lie. Um, they may even go back behind your back and lie to people about things that you've said as well. And so then when you have numerous people coming to you going, oh, yeah, you said that then it further, you know, like, wow, I must be really going crazy. You know what I mean? So it even furthers it more. Sometimes manipulators will bring people in to help further, you know, that manipulative behavior. They want people to kind of side with them. Um, They're going to discredit you, right? So they're going to spread rumors. They're going to gossip because they want to discredit you to other people. They may pretend to you that they're worried about you. They're concerned about you, but they're telling other people that you're unstable and that, you know, your perception of reality is a little skewed, right? So it's going to be multiple things happening. They act one way with you, but they're spreading the gossip and the rumor behind your back to discredit you. And then they're going to deflect blame. They are great at deflecting blame. Um, when you ask somebody, when you ask a gaslighter a question, or you're trying to call them out, um, they are skilled, right? They're going to change the subject completely. Um they may ask you a question instead of responding. They're really good at what they do. Um, and then just a few other things with gaslighting. Um, they may minimize your thoughts and feelings, right? They're going to, if you've said, like, well, my mom didn't love me growing up, well, your mom just didn't like you, you know, or maybe your mom. Uh, maybe you didn't really feel this way. Maybe you're confused because your mom did this for you. That shows love, right? So they're going to work at minimizing your thoughts, your feelings. They're going to shift blame. You know, maybe they're going to blame somebody else for some things going on. And they're also going to deny any wrongdoing. Well, I only told so-and-so because I thought she could help you too. Right. So they're going to deny wrongdoing and they may even shift blame in some of these instances. They're not going to take responsibility for what they're doing. That's that's a main thing. Um, They're going to twist any story into their favor. So um, it's really kind of hard to go up against them sometimes. Um, And then just some signs that you can look for. Okay, Being subjected to gaslighting, it can cause anxiety and depression and your second get because you're second guessing yourself constantly. And so here's some things that you can kind of look for. If you start to doubt your feelings and your reality, you know, you're trying to convince yourself that things aren't too bad. um, I'm just being way sensitive. That could be. Um, a sign of gaslighting. You're starting to question your judge your, your ability to make judgments. You're questioning your perceptions. Um, and nobody can dictate your perception of the world. That's your perception, your reality, your truth is your truth. But now this person is trying to dictate, dictate that to you. That could be person that's gaslighting you. If you're starting to feel like very insecure about who you are and you're feeling very vulnerable to others, Um, If you feel like you're walking on eggshells around people, that could be a sign of gaslighting. If you feel like you're alone, powerless, um, maybe you have convinced yourself that the people around you believe that you're strange, that you're crazy, that you're unstable, right? Um, Those things lead to you feeling powerless and alone, like very isolated, um, you may even wonder if you're just if you've gone crazy or if you're stupid or something like that. You may feel like you're inadequate or wrong. Um, and maybe you feel like you're disappointed in yourself. Right. That could be one, too. Um, it could be like, well, I feel like I've become passive. I'm not assertive anymore. So those are just some of the signs to look for with gaslighting. If you feel confused, if If you're worried that you're being too sensitive to things, um, if you have this sense of impending doom, uh, you know, maybe it feels like everything's just going wrong. That could be a sign as well. If you spend a lot of time apologizing for things, um, for who you are, for things you've done, for things you feel, we should never feel like you should never feel like you have to apologize for your feelings because your feelings are always valid. Um, if you feel inadequate, if you find yourself second guessing yourself, like, and you cannot make decisions, then you're probably being gaslighted. Um, if you're just basically wondering what's wrong with you, you know, after being engaged with this person, um, then it may be indicative that you're being uh, gaslighted.
1: It sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, gaslighting requires a higher level of engagement on the manipulator's Mm -hmm. part. It requires a strategy, a plan, a laying out of several things that have to be put into motion to put that person where they are questioning themselves um, very much on the order of things like – Grifts and scams and con artists oh, uh, type things are yes. those gaslighting examples.
0: Absolutely. So
1: the the uh, the sting, the famous movie from from many decades ago, that would have been a gaslight. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they did on the Mission Impossible's, where they where they convince the bad person that they're in this circumstance or that one, when really they're not. They're not. And they, they get all confused, and so they cough up the information they're looking for. Exactly. Those are all gaslights. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so if you find yourself in that position, let's say I wake up one day and I go, wait a minute here, you know, I, suddenly I'm out of sorts and I just don't you know, know what w- which end is up. Um, maybe one option to say to yourself is I might be in the middle of being gaslighted.
0: Absolutely. You know, definitely ask yourself that question. And if you if you feel like you are, then you're going to want to put some distance between you and that person first thing. Father Harry just mentioned um, a well-defined plan. So that sounds like this is this is definitely got an end result. This is something that's uh, um, strategized and talked about at least in their own mind. What are the tactics that people use to manipulate others to get to get this plan exercised and carried out? Um, you know, some of the different uh, tactics include like um, using um, using an intense emotional connection to control somebody's behavior, right? Um, like if it's, a, if it's an abusive person, they may move in uh, and manipulate someone so that they can get quickly into a romantic relationship, you know, or maybe it's like a really quick friendship. They're, they're wanting to create this intense emotional bond, this connection with somebody. And that's that that's a good indicator to watch for. Right. Because typically we just don't become best friends overnight with people, you know, and certainly in romantic relationships, you really want to take your time. And so like, oh, it was love at first sight. I've known them 30 minutes or we're friends. You know, my kids would say that all the time and be like, you've only known this person for five minutes. You're not You're not friends. no. So when somebody moves in quick and they're already wanting this deep emotional connection friendship, then that's a good warning sign that this could be a tactic of a manipulator. Um, Playing on a person's insecurities. Remember that a manipulator is going to be asking you questions. They're going to observe your body movements. They're going to know, like, does this person look uh, people straight in the eye or do they look down when they talk, right? They're watching everything about you. They're wanting to learn your insecurities. Um, you know, if you feel insecure about your body, you know, they're going to know that and then they know how to use that against you. So, um, keep that in mind that they're looking for those little holes in your armor, so to speak, um, lying and denial manipulators. They like to bombard their victims with lies. There's always lies. Um, and typically when they're caught, they're not going to admit that it was a lie, right? They're just going to use another lie or falsehood to cover it up. So it's all, it's all lies. Um, changing the subject. You know, when you try to confront them, you'll have to know that they may change the subject on you. So you have to be on your game as well, right? Because they may try to change the subject. Um, you know, kind of, then they may accuse you of attacking them And being a, you know, being critical or whatever. Um, My sister is is manipulative. She's, you know, a former alcoholic. And so she has some of these addiction pieces. And um, this one made me think of her because whenever I've had to confront her, she will try to change the subject. And so it's like, no, that's not what we're talking about. So this is what we're talking about. We're going to focus here. So just knowing that they may even try to shift the criteria, right? Their criteria Um, because they want to get what they want. So maybe their criteria kind of shifts and changes. They're kind of like a chameleon in that way because they want what they want. Sometimes they use fear, you know, to control people, violence, um, uh, intimidating, like body language. You know, if a person, their stature or if they get close up to your body, um, you know, or maybe they pound tables or hit walls, or they're really good at that kind of mean mugging you look, you know, like they look at you kind of hard. Um, so fear is a great way to control people to manipulate them. Uh, being passive aggressive, meaning like you, you voice displeasure or anger, but without directly expressing. So, with the person that's passive aggressive. You won't necessarily see the pounding of the table. You're not going to see, you know, those things, the hard looks uh, hitting the wall. You know, they're going to express anger differently. It won't be with all the drama or dramatics. Um, also, the use of generalizations, right? So manipulators avoid factual and specific information. They avoid that. They, they are going to go for the vague, they're making generalizations, right? Because you can disprove a fact. You can disprove a fact. But if, they, if it's just kind of like in general, it makes it harder to fight back. Um, and sometimes they utilize the silent treatment. That is a great tactic right there. I'm just not going to talk to you. I'm going to punish you by ignoring you. And for that person that's insecure, they, they won't like that. You know, if I'm desperate for a friend if 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 I need somebody and you're giving me the silent treatment and kind of ignoring me, then I have this desperate need in me to get close to you again. And they know that.
1: So those are the tactics. I those would, are the tactics. I would presume <laughs> that those are also among the ways that you recognize. <laughs> that you're being manipulative is to know the tactics that the manipulator uses. What are some of the what what are other signs?
0: Um, So some of the other signs to look for one of my very favorites, and I would use this a lot in domestic violence, too, is actions do not match their words. That is so critical. Y'all, people can tell you anything, right? I could tell you right now anything, but I need to see action, so just because somebody tells you something does not mean it's true. Always look for the actions. Um, this person, they are the victim, and they're going to play that role. They're a victim somehow, some way, and they are going to ignore your problems, right? And it's really focusing on their own problems. They're not interested in your problems. You could probably, if you feel like somebody's manipulating, go back and and in your mind, review conversations that you've had with them, right? Or even write it down on a piece of paper if you need to. And you're going to find that everything was about them. They are selfish. This is all about them. This has nothing to do with you. You're a tool. That's it. You're the tool. And if you'll go back and look, what you're going to find is, wow, they didn't even, they didn't care about my problem. They're coming to me with all their problems. How am I going to help them solve this? What can I do for them? Right. Um, They may attempt. And I think this happens quite a bit to undermine your faith in self. Family. God and friends. Right. They're trying to undermine your faith in yourself. They will even try to, you know, undermine your faith in God. Well, if there's a God, why are you sitting in prison, right? If there's a God, well, why do you feel unloved? If there was a God, you know, why would you have felt the need to use drugs? So they're, they're using little things that they'll say to undermine your faith in anything. If it's faith that you have in your family, the little bit of faith you may have in yourself, the faith that we have in, in God, and undermining your reality of a situation, Right. So it could be like, well, you may be sharing a story about a parent or a loved one, and they'll go, but if they really loved you, they would have done blah, 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 right? So they're undermining your reality, your relationships. As
1: that in order to replace all of those different points of your reality with themselves? exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And, it makes it, and then you buy into what they're saying, too, and it right. can further that connection with them. So it's kind of they want to skew your reality. They avoid taking responsibility for their actions. This is the person. So it may be like, well, I take responsibility. It's words that they're saying, but you never actually see them, you know, take responsibility for their actions. Um, they they will not use words sometimes directly to you, but they're going to talk behind your back. Right. Right. Or maybe this is the person that's going to be, you're not giving them what they want. So maybe they're going to be sulky. They're going to be pouty until you give them what they want. Um, they give you that silent treatment. This one reminds me much of my children, right? With that pouting thing. My daughter was like brilliant at that whole, And it, it didn't really, it didn't come off so much as pouting is that she was sad. You know, I'd be like, you're pouting. Well, no, I'm not pouting, mom. I'm just I'm really sad that, you know, and I'd be like, oh, so it was a manipulation. Um, They seek out people. Remember that they're going to seek out people who are trusting, who are sensitive and who are insecure.
1: So those would be three very prominent traits mm-hmm. in any given person yep. that makes them ripe for being manipulated. Yep. So everybody listening, if yes. you find yourself, because we all do, we, we all find our, ourselves in moments where we're just really seeking someone to trust, particularly after we've been burned. Mm-hmm. And you want to believe that people can be trusted again. And so you start looking. And then what were the other two? Trusting?
0: Uh, sensitive and insecure.
1: Which, again, at any given time, that's going to be any any Any, of us at at any time. So part of what we're saying here, too, uh, is um, watch yourself Mm -hmm. for moments in life where you may be vulnerable to manipulation. Um, But one thing I'd want to ask you, too, is, um, okay, I've just had the awareness that uh, in this particular relationship, I've listened to the radio program and a lot of these things are present. I'm angry. I'm angry at being manipulated. Now, I have Deacon Ronnie here. I'm Father Harry. You work for Catholic Charities. Okay. We can't be responding uh, in anger. Well, I'll show you how to manipulate, you know, and so right. I'm going to use all those same tactics tactics, and make you look the fool, every bit like you made me look the fool. We can't go there. I mean, we have to be able to say no. So a better practice would be confront the manipulator, run from the manipulator. What do you do?
0: Well, in one of our other segments, we're going to get into okay. more detail okay. about what you can do, because really it's it's also about a safety concern, right? So if you feel like you're in a safe situation, definitely saying no and confronting is is the best option. If it's not a safe situation, you know, where there may be like domestic violence or you could be, you know, harmed violently. You know, there might be some different things to do as well. One of the the other things um, is that remember that they're going to engage in guilt tripping, right? And that's going to be another uh, classic sign of a manipulator.
1: Well, we'll put a pin in those and address them in the uh, upcoming uh, segment. Thank you again, Renee Brown with Catholic Charities of Central Texas, Deacon Ronnie Lastavica, myself, Father Harry Dean, Diocese of Austin. And we ask the Lord to help Brother, us to always look for the way, the truth, and the life, me. which is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Brother, Amen. Will
0: you walk with